Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses commander-related topics. And as always, I am joined by my hosts. We'll start it off with Seth, also known as the Panharmonicon Master. How's it going, Seth? Doing good, Tomer. How are you today? I'm doing well, doing well. Always excited for these uh, subjects that we're going to be jumping into. And next, uh, the next host I've got is Krim, a.k.a. Hagger Mauling's biggest fan. <laughs> How's it going, Krim? That's uh, what I want on my gravestone. And <laughs> on top of that, uh, it's going quite all right. We're going to the future. We're seeing Kamigawa. Uh, and, you know, that's probably going to be a pretty cool place. Uh, th- this has been a plane I've been very excited to return to. And, and uh, this everything about it so far has been really cool. Yeah, the the hype is real for this, and I think it's lived up to to everybody's expectations. So I'm really excited to jump into the cards. And then our final co-host is Richard, aka still trying to ramp a single time with Cartographer's Hawk. How's it going, Richard? Uh, doing well. Just searching my deck for planes. We're good. <laughs> you have to actually. Uh, you, still have to, you still have to actually <laughs> you get the trigger off, Richard. <laughs> I, I've pre-searched. I've pre-searched. Forever searching. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, hello, this is Tomer. I am uh, the culture person who has never won with culture. Hooray! <laughs> um, so today, as alluded to, we are going to be talking about our favorite cards from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, the latest set that is set to release, uh, I think a couple days after this podcast actually comes out. The full set has just been revealed the day before we started doing this recording. And as always, we decided to talk about our favorite cards from the set. Usually in previous sets, it would be me and Seth discussing our top collective top 10. But this time, since we're doing a weekly podcast now, we decided to actually uh, invite the entire group, the entire Commander Clash podcast to get everybody's uh, opinion on the card. So the way that we're setting this up, first of all, very important to note, this is not a power ranking scale. This is a hype ranking scale. If you're interested in what the most powerful cards are, uh, you probably want to be listening to maybe like a CDH channel, which can show you what the most powerful cards are at, at the highest power tables. This is not what we're trying to set out here. We're doing a hype list. So basically the stuff that we are the most personally excited to play and, and immediately get our hands on and start incorporating in Commander Clash and, and other games such as those. Um, so it, it's purely subjective and it's it's not at all tied to power. It's just what we're personally excited for. So uh, your your own uh, lists on hype is probably going to be very different from ours, but it's going to be it's going to be what what we really like to talk about. And uh, the the way we're going to be doing it is each of us are going to get two cards that we're personally hyped for that we're going to talk about. But then there was a bunch of cards when we were setting this up that we kind of all agree are just super really good. So these are kind of like our common picks. Uh, so the first card and the second card that we're going to be discussing are the ones that we all just agree we're super hyped for. We're all going to jump in and try to play as soon as as soon as the set comes out on Magic Online. So let's kick it off. Uh, Krim, tell us about the first common card that we're all excited for, or rather cycle of cards. Yes. So the first set cycle of cards is one that I think we could probably uh, figure out because it's all they're all pretty powerful. It's the Channel Lands. Uh, it's a legendary cycle of lands uh, that each you know they can they come into play untapped. They add just either you know 
black, white, blue, whatever. And they all have an ability tied to it. So specifically, one, uh, you know, you probably are pretty excited for for Commander is the Beseju uh, Who Endures land. Uh, this is the one that allows you to go ahead and destroy an artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land opponent controls. That player searches their library for a land uh, card with a basic land type. Uh, now that means they can go and get, like, if you kill one of their lands, they can go get, like, a, a hollowed fountain or something like that. Uh, and this ability costs one less for each legendary creature you control. That's going to kind of be the, the reoccurring theme across all these lands. They'll each do something. Uh, they'll have a channel cost, and they'll be they'll cost a lot less, depending on how many legend, uh, legendaries you control. And, of course, the green one is the cheapest because, you know, the green is the one that needs the most help, uh, like, <laughs> like reducing its cost. So, you know, as always, green just the underdog. Uh, so I had to also just, you know, let let everyone know because green is really weak. Really weak. <laughs> yeah. Full <laughs> legendary land cycle. And we all agree that all of these are super sweet. Uh, but I'm curious, what type of decks are you interested in running these cards in? And uh, wh which ones are you the most hyped for? Mm. So All of them. All, all of them. All Every of deck. Them. Every deck. <laughs> they, they just go in. Every we should say uh, the white one is four damage to attacking or blocking creature. The blue one bounces something. Uh, Non-land permanent, essentially. Red one makes two 1-1 one -one tokens. The black one mills three and returns a creature pla uh, planeswalker from your graveyard to your hand. So those are the abilities. They're probably going to be really cheap in Commander because Commander is a format about legends. So even though most of them are like three <laughs> to four <laughs> mana, a lot of times these are going to be one or two mana, I think, all of them. And I think other than concerns about like my five color deck, how many lands can I support? Like it's very similar to mythic MDFCs. I view these very, very similar to mythic MDFCs outside of worrying about can my deck support a land that doesn't have a land type so I can't tutor out with a fetch land and only makes one color of mana. I think you play these in basically every deck that can support them. I think the most exciting ones for Commander, green, really good. Lots of artifacts, lots of enchantments, and important on basic lands. I think that's an ultra staple. I think blue is very good. Just being able to bounce whatever is really powerful. And then I actually think that black is really powerful because graveyard recursion is really, really strong. Being able to get back your best creature or planeswalker that dies later in the game attached to a land that comes into play untapped is really strong. White and red, I'm a little... Uh, they're fine and I will still play them but four damage mm -hmm. doesn't kill everything in commander that's kind of little hit or miss and then two tokens can be good if you're a token deck but just in a generic deck two one one bodies I guess you can chump block with them or something these cards do have flash quote unquote you can channel at instant speed so that's nice but uh, two one one bodies isn't that impactful so I think that's my ranking like green way up here uh, black and blue just below green and then the other two I'll still play them but they're not as hype for me for commander yeah. That means Seth's going to eventually include them because, you know, even the worst MDFCs. I, I play Zofkin subject. I play Zofkin subject. Yeah, I play so, the so Spike Field Hazard. So I'm playing all Seth, of these for sure. But Seth has to, like, like you know, take a few down to look like he's not going to throw them all they're, in the deck. They're but so the, good. They're, they're all they're going so good. The oh, they're so good. This is power crept MDFC, right? They enter untapped. Yeah. They're legendary, no which is actually just strictly beneficial to you in Commander. <laughs> right? And... <laughs> There is like no opportunity cost, right? Like, this, they this can't is terrible. Be like, either. I, I don't, well, they can be like spiteful. Auto includes in every single deck. I, I don't like. Yeah. At least with MDFCs, you're like, okay, I have to play a tap land for my undo inversion. This is like, yeah, I got free removal now. Like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's so good. 
They don't get countered. They don't get taxed. They don't trigger any spell stuff. Uh, you're not triggering Goldspan Dragon or whatever, like anything like that. Like these guards are so over the top. And, and I know he said this isn't a isn't a power ranking, but these literally are the most powerful cards. Like if you listen to CDH players, they're talking about like how these cards are going to change their format. So I actually think these actually are some of the most powerful cards in the set, and they're cards that are on our hype list too. Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting that the compared to the mythic MDFCs from from Zendikar, those ones are very like they are comparable in terms of their effect. Um, they also enter the battlefield untapped. If you but you have to you have to lose three life, which you know it's a forty life format, so it's not as impactful as say a one versus one format where you have twenty starting life. But it is it is something noteworthy, and this just does not have that ability. The fact that yeah, you don't. They're all instant abilities, and uh, you can't really counter them outside of stifle effects, make them worse. I agree with with uh, Seth's um, assessment of them. I do think I'm going to end up playing the white one more than I would typically, though, just because my white decks often have so much uh, graveyard recursion. So, like, a Sun Titan effect, for example, Seven's Reclamation, um, those, those are going into all my decks anyway in white. So uh, just randomly getting to pick off a creature every once in a while and then just, you know, reanimate the land afterwards is pretty spicy. And it, it just like also the fact that it's legendary. So any legendary matters stuff gets immediately so much better from these <laughs> lands. They're kind of ridiculous. Uh, the other the other thing compared to mythic MDFCs, we mentioned the life thing, which is big. The other thing is the mythic MDFCs are all really expensive. Like I love them. I'm the biggest MDFC supporter there probably is, but there are a lot of them are like seven mana. They're late game effects. The big difference with these is you're gonna be casting it for one man. Like these are efficient. Like uh, the green one is it's a naturalized. That's a card you would play not on a land in some of your commander decks. And this is just like on a land as a bonus. So they're way way more efficient than the than the MDFCs do. You have a legendary in your command zone. Like, yes. you're usually Absurd. going to cost, it's going to cost one less usually just by default. I mean, these could cost like plus two mana on Channelite, still included in every single deck. Yeah. <laughs> right? Seriously. Like, yeah. You have your land that doubles as yep. random utility removal later. Like, sure, right? So, <laughs> yeah, like the cost is irrelevant to me. Would you, I have a question for the table. Would you run this in like a four or five color deck, though? Yes. I could I could see Besaju, yes. Um, green and blue. Uh, like definitely Besaju. Green, blue, yeah. Green, blue, uh, black, maybe black, depending on what yeah. you're playing. Maybe, yeah. Uh, the other two, no. I wouldn't even play red and mono red, so. <laughs> <laughs> red, red totally got closed. Uh, I don't know I, what they're doing with this one. I'm I don't think it's that bad. Like lava axe them or something like that. I would, be, I would even take that. Like it's just a straight lava axe or something, but to each opponent. I, I kind of like that the red one's a flash jump blocker. Like, you know those times when you're about to get, you know, smacked with someone's commander for lethal? Like, I don't know, just discard this and make a couple jump blockers to stay alive. So I think it might be, like, I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's, like, I wouldn't play it in my mono red deck. Like, it's not I'd rather play bad. it as my ninth land <laughs> as I'm flooded. I'm going to put it in my mono red deck for sure. Like, uh, yeah, it is definitely the weakest in Commander. Like, if you if you compare that to, like, the blue one where you just, like, bounce the creature that's attacking you, like, obviously this is a little bit better. <laughs> but, like, you know, if you're playing, like, Perforos, for example, like, there, there's there's decks where this is this effect having two creatures is good. And, I mean, the worst-case scenario is, like, you just... 
it's not a mountain in your mono red deck, so like that kind of sucks for like Valakut or whatever. <laughs> but like, whatever. Like Man, it's the opportunity cost is so low. Like you know what? Here we'll just do the classic. Well, it's a different name, so feel the dead. You know. Yeah, powers up the dead, dead, baby. Yeah. Turns off your snarls, though, Tomer. So I'm, I'm oh man, uh, you yeah, can't I guess this. I can't write it. Can't I'm not writing. They're trash here, actually. In two color it. <laughs> Unplayable trash. I also like that, like you can. These are essentially like I, I treat these as like an extra land slot because, like, if their effect is good enough, then like you can you can run more lands in your deck. And then if you're getting land flooded, you just you just pitch them for their effect, which is cool. All yeah. right, I mean, what what more can we say? This these cards are very good. We'll go to the other one that we all agree is like bonkers good. Um, R- Richard, tell us about the next card we got here. All right, coming in at rare, we have farewell four white white six mana value sorcery. Choose one or more. Exile all artifacts, exile all creatures, exile all enchantments, exile all graveyards. So one or more. So it's like austere command on steroids. It exiles. It's graveyard hate. It is so ridiculous. I don't know why they had to make white even better. (laughs) Like this card just like, like Skyclave Relic just got bump down a couple notches because of this card, right? I, like, just the straight-up no. exile of everything? Like, oh, come on. Single, Skyclave single Relic white. is safe. Oh, I mean, <laughs> no, no, card's no so good. This, no one's popping the Relic for, with this card. No one oh. cares enough. Oh, the, the, card is, the card is so good. It is so, so yeah. good. I, when I look at Wrath yeah. in Commander, I want them to either be efficient so I can Wrath and then do something else, like Toxic Deluge or Vanquish the Horde, or I want them to be flexible so I can kill things of my choice other than just creatures. This is incredibly flexible. It's like a very, I think, upgraded version of Austere Command. I still play a lot of Austere Command. On EDH Rec, it's still a stable. A lot of people still play Merciless Eviction, which has a lot of the same text, except you only get to choose one. That's kind of a stable. I think this is just like going to be a part of my Wrath package in my white decks basically forever. And I love that they snuck on Graveyard Hate. Like I, We always yes, talk about players playing more Graveyard Hate. This is how you get players boy. to play more Graveyard Hate, is you stick it on a wrath that they're going to be playing for other reasons and then sometimes you're going to be like oh look at that I can get the Maldorf to play or something so it like tricks <laughs> people yeah. into yeah. doing creatures. you don't even need the graveyard hate on this it's like so no, but like yeah, if they have could, a full though. graveyard you can literally you could just if it, you, it might if you well just want to get rid of people's graveyards you can just play time. sick man <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this this card is the truth, though. Like, this is such a this is now an auto include, and this is like one of the cards I was absurdly hyped to see, and it dropped like I think today, like <laughs> right before I mm-hmm. went to bed. Uh, so like this card is everything you want in, in Commander. It is so versatile. It and I I didn't even know that it was choose one or more. I was okay with pick one to like <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like I was like yeah. happy with pick one, but one or more. Oh my god, I can have I can eat the cake too. Are you joking? <laughs> this and the best part, it doesn't hit my planeswalkers. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, you can hit all modes and super friends and just be like, <laughs> all modes we doesn't matter. <laughs> planeswalkers. Yeah, this this card, uh, merciless eviction. I I I haven't been running merciless eviction in a very long time, and at this point, this is the final nail in the coffin. I won't even look at merciless eviction ever again. Like this is just strictly better than it. And versus Osir coming in, I can see. Uh, 
I can see some arguments for some decks that are like super graveyard, like all in on their graveyard. So like exiling your board of stuff is bad um, because you you intend to recur everything. Like you're a Moldrotha deck or something. Well, you couldn't run this in Moldrotha, but mm. like something that that exiling your own stuff mm. is bad. Teshar but or like, something, yeah. Yeah, like but but Does- like. Tishar in ninety nine percent of decks, this is just this is better. And then even even in a graveyard heavy deck, just like just like you want to run like a creature board wipe in a creature heavy deck, at least one, because you know you won't always have a big board of creatures, and your opponents will uh, sometimes. Uh, this is also still good in graveyard decks because sometimes you won't be in position to uh, that you care about the stuff that you that you would be potentially exiling. It just. It gets so much. It gets rid of so much. And the graveyard. Oh, the, the oh awkward, this is so good. The awkward part about us tour command, and I think there's one other situation where us tour command's still good, which is like weenie decks, because then the like only blowing up big creatures is relevant, like a weird retribution of the Mika effect. So there's probably like some weird scenarios. But the awkward part about us tour command is if you want to blow up all the creatures, you often got to spend both of your choices on creature modes, and then you can't get artifacts or enchantments. Like, this just has so much flexibility. Like, you never have to make those tough choices and be like, oh, I can't quite get everything I want. This is, like, always going to get everything that you want to get. And if your opponents are running, like, a lot of heroic interventions, like, stuff that gives your, your their permanents indestructible, heroic interventions, one of the most common ones, but there's also, like, Flawless Maneuver in white and Acroma's Will in white... This is a little like, nah, you can't. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Got him. I'll power oh, creep. So now it. we will get phasing creatures. Right? Before, like, wrath were too efficient. So Watsy put, like, indestructible and everything. So now we have to exile all those indestructible <laughs> creatures. So now Watsy will make everything fade out, like uh, the robe or whatever, or phase out. Uh, so it's a fairy's protection guardian. incoming. <laughs> there's, like no. a, there's, like, a white a three-mana creature. It's a spirit knight. has flash yeah, and it yeah, fades out all faith. their creatures. Yep. Yep. That, that's, yeah. that's what you need to run now, right? Yeah. To protect the yourself. protection, too. And forget that, that one will stop that it, too. never works on anything. <laughs> Richard, yeah. Richard, I don't think anyone's... <laughs> But I mean, it's been like 15 years since we regenerated anything. Yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is creatures need to survive. Creatures I haven't survive. once thought, oh so, crap, what if they have regenerate? Silly, <laughs> silly skeleton players. Or skeletons. This is definitely like emblematic of power creep, but it's also necessary because of how much they power creep. Because like, of power creep, every we need sin- more power creeps, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we have these powerful things that must be answered. Graveyard, graveyard recursion is so insane now that, like, like you need to have graveyard hate and you need to have more of it than ever before so like stapling one of the best board wipes of all time and then just throwing in graveyard hate is the only way to like actually curb it and then yeah the next step is going to be like oh no there's too many farewells let's do all phasing creatures let's do all like they can self blink out of out of the turn like who knows 2022 let's go <laughs> All right, so those were the cards that we all agree were super hyped to play with. They happen to be the most powerful, which I think hype and power definitely coincide, but that's not necessarily uh, why we picked them. Um, And now we're going to move on to uh, the cards that we are individually pretty excited for. Maybe one or two of us are excited for, but not the entire group is universally excited for. And I'm going to kick things off with my number one pick, uh, that I'm super hyped for. This is Mech Titan Core. This is an artifact, uh, a vehicle. It's a two mana colorless uh, artifact vehicle, two four fort stats. It has crew two, 
And it has a giant uh, activated ability. You pay five and you exile the core and four other artifact creatures or vehicles you control to create Mech Titan, a legendary 10-10 construct artifact creature token with flying, vigilance, trample, lifelink, and haste. That's all colors. And then when that token leaves the battlefield, you return all exiled uh, all exiled cards uh, exiled with the Mech Titan core, except for the Mech Titan core itself. So the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So you're you're assembling Voltron. You're assembling whatever the Power Rangers thingy was, the Megazord. You're 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 doing that. It's a classic trope. It's 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 everything I love in magic. I love assembling Voltron-y stuff. Uh, Cauldra is kind of like my signature three cards, and this is very much in line with it, where you're taking multiple cards and you're selling them together. Pretty easy to assemble. Like you don't need specific other cards. You just need four other artifact creatures, which is really easy to do, or vehicles. Um, the downside is that uh, it's pretty easily answered. Like, if you bounce it, it has no protection from anything, so any target removal will get rid of it. It has no indestructibility, so all destroy effects work on it. And once it goes away, your Mech Titan core is exiled forever. You get the rest back, but you don't get the Mech Titan core. So it's... It, one hand, it can get in there and swing, and you can do 10 damage in the air immediately, and you life swing that. It's really good, but it's probably not going to stick around for very long, and then once it's gone, it's pretty much gone for good. But I, I think it's really neat. <laughs> the card, the card's super cool. Like It's just such a, yeah. such a fun build around. Power level... I think it's kind of medium to low, but I think it's it's a card that I just can't wait to play. It seems like Calder, but way easier to assemble because you don't have uh, as stringent of restrictions of having to draw three cards. All you gotta do is draw a bunch of artifact creatures or draw a bunch of vehicles, and we got a lot of powerful vehicles in this set. So I think and powerful vehicle commanders. So the idea of building like a vehicle deck, I think, is much more exciting now than it was before Kamigawa. So I think this card is definitely sweet, but like you said. It is kind of a blowout waiting to happen, and I think the blowout's going to happen more often than maybe a lot of people realize. But you went down in your Gundam suit, so that that's that's the cool thing, <laughs> here, right? You died in the mech suit. This is like a card where I don't think I've seen the whole, like the MTG community as a whole just loves it, right? Like it's just everyone like, loves yes, it. <laughs> everyone loves this card, and with and this is perfect just in time, like. I already like example when I saw the blue white uh, vehicles command. I'm like, okay, I'm, this is pretty cool. I'll probably make one. Then this got spoiled. Now I'm definitely making this. So yeah. commander pods. Once this set comes out, it's just gonna look like the Fast and Furious. Everyone's gonna be up, like having Vin Diesel mods of their vehicle decks, and it's gonna be hilarious because the dude vehicles are so cool and Mech Titan is just yes we talk about voltron we talk about like like this is it and most importantly the alternate art the neon art being an actual mech suit that looks like a gundam suit has me stoked oh my god i cannot wait for this to come out i i cannot wait and it's gonna like the artist gonna lose a who lot did it like it's like a famous like mech drawer artist thingy maybe <laughs> i do Maybe I, I they will post probably something about <laughs> because, it. Maybe because it would make sense, right? It would be in line with a lot of the guest of artists they've had for this set between like Metal Gear Solid. They like you know they they they've had you know Fist of the North Star. So if it is, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's a Gundam artist. That's that's my my thing. You know what's perfect about this? It's the Power Ranger colors, right? So <laughs> what you actually need to do is get a white 
vehicle, a blue vehicle, a yellow. Oh, there's no yellow. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> green, white, yellow. black, well, blue. Well, technically, white multicolor. One like white is not like one of the main colors. I guess white was it, yeah, like, yeah, white, white was the assembled mm. like. That's we'll, what we'll, they we'll Voltron use the really into. old white bordered cars that look kind of yellow. Uh, yeah, but, they probably but you can assemble them now. into Megazord <laughs> or Voltron or Gundam. Like the showcase art is amazing. Uh, you guys see downside. I'm going to stick a bunch of sky scanners under this so when you <laughs> remove uh, mm. the Megazord, I'm going to get all my yes. ETD triggers back. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this thing is actually not a meme. I think it's actually quite decent. You just have to build around it. Uh, I, I think so. it's I think it's decent, but like. What I really like about this card and what Krim touched on that is very like popular, like the community is universally on board with this, is like usually when I see what the most popular cards in a in a set are, they're usually the most powerful ones. Like power and popularity go hand in hand very often in Commander. And this is one of the situations where like the flavor is so good. That like even though it's not the most powerful card, it's still one of the most hyped cards, and I love to see that because it doesn't happen very often. So when it does, it's like yeah, <laughs> good job, Wizards. Yeah, th- this is just a really, really cool thing, and it it the only the thing that's kind of humorous is that artwork straight up looks like a Yu Gi Oh card. <laughs> it, it 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 does straight up look like a Yu Gi Oh card though, and they they do use things that look like that, like Megazords and all of that. So. All right. Well, after that one, we got Seth. What's your oh. what's one of your favorite cards from the set? I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this day. <laughs> uh, my number one card, obviously, Ishin to Heavens as one. Um, it's a new a pain harmonicon. Someone called it, which I think is a, a pretty good name <laughs> for it. It's a attacking panharmonicon commander. It's a Mardu legend, three mana, three four. It's a human samurai, and if a creature attacking causes a triggered ability on a permanent you control the trigger, it triggers an additional time. So I know what some people are thinking. Didn't we just get Wolfgar? Isn't this kind of the same as Wolfgar? True, it's in different colors. It is similar to Wolfgar. Uh, this is, I think, mostly just better than Wolfgar. It's cheaper and it has more shenanigans. <laughs> Most importantly, Wizard is going to have to put it on Magic Online, unlike Wolfgar, which they have never done. So I actually <laughs> finally get to play with a with a Painter Monica card. But this card's really sweet. It does the same tricks as Wolfgar, where uh, your Italies or anything that has an attack trigger is going to be really, really powerful. But then it's got this slight change in wording that makes it even better it triggers on any creature attacking not just your creatures which gives you this entire second way to build around ishin which is like weird enchantments that trigger when someone attacks like revenge of the ravens whenever a creature attacks it's going to drain like you can play this weird like staxy style game there's curses that trigger whenever someone attacks that player and you're going to benefit and double up those so i just i love this card i love panharmonicon effects i've been playing more aggro decks so this fits in my like aggro theme but also still gives me the panharmonicon effect i it's the first commander i'm building around from the set for sure like i'm super hyped for this card this card is definitely super sweet uh for exactly those reasons right like revenge of the ravens any of the curses that like it's in the perfect colors to have that right so good does this fix explorer scope <laughs> I'm still up double explorers. Triggers. Fix, you get double explorers. Finally, finally, people. Well, also, like, Sword of the Animus. Yeah, Sword like, of the Animus. Sword of the Animus is already a good card. It's an attack trigger, put a, put a land into play. 
uh, like ramp out of basic land. Now you ramp out to Curse of Opulence is one of my favorite, like one of my favorite cards. And now you make two gold tokens oh. out of it. Oh. 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 Curse of so Opulence just keeps getting better. Keeps it. How is this three mana, by the way? This feels like like it's, they should have like added an it extra actually doesn't do anything mana. on its own like, it, yeah. like legitimately it just doesn't do anything on its own like if you play this for three mana you like i i would you cast this on three i'm not concerned yet now I, once you yeah. show me like a a, a a curse or some kind of enchantment something like that then i might care so it, was it's five, it's fair enough though wasn't huh? for four i think it was four no, he was five. Was but he it? Had melee. Oh my god! Oh my god! I didn't and realize he had it was that power. bad. He was a four-four. I, I think Wizards <laughs> wanted this to have a chance outside of Commander. That's my guess. Like hmm. uh, maybe like uh, you can build a fun standard deck or modern deck around it. Probably not like top-tier competitive, but at least it would be it would be fun to build around. But oh, so, so much value. Triome rotated. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like, maybe Wolfgar is... was just bad. I, I, I think don't Wolfgar even know which one bad. Wolfgar is. That, that's why I've probably forgotten it by now. <laughs> I looked <laughs> at it, it was, immediately. It was months ago, Krim. It was yeah. months ago from Forgotten we, Realms Commander. We've had four, oh, 400 like, new oh. legends since, since then. <laughs> since then. <Yeah. laughs> For so me, it's just like if it's something on. that's not good or something I won't play, I, I definitely, it does not resonate in my mind or memory bank. So <laughs> it, it has green in the in its cost, so that's probably oh, probably oh, yeah. a Krim yeah, just yeah. flagged it out of his mind. It never got printed. So I feel like it doesn't <laughs> all right <laughs> all right moving on uh Krim, what do you got for us as a favorite card from the set a favorite card from this set okay it, it's it's led by one card so i'll I'll, na- I'll choose that for the sake of this list uh it, but but it's really just the the type the the tribe uh but yes so it's satoro umezawa and you already saw it. That's the first thing that got revealed. And surprise, Demir guy likes Demir go- like card, yeah. right? So this card is a legendary creature, human ninja, 2-4 for 3 mana. Whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, look at the top three cards of your library. You get to anticipate. Then you put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library. Uh, and then each creature card in your hand has ninjutsu for two and a blue and a black. Now, I, I know my memes, and I love every one of them, like with Emrakul with the Naruto headbands. Uh, I'm somewhat a ninja myself. Like, all of those are great, but the, I, believe it or not, I asked for a ninja commander, right? And 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 I think they've delivered here. Now, depending on how you want to build this, yes, you technically could blight, like, you know, blight steel Colossus, a.k.a. the Hakage of, obviously, whatever, of a, a, infect village. Uh, that, that's, that, that can be a ninja. But I actually am going to be fairly playing this card because I want more ninja stuff. And I don't want Yuriko. Uh, so Yuriko lead, lends itself to a lot of, like, similar play patterns. This card is hilariously fun uh it doesn't revolve around me just showing you time warp 50 times over and then you dying or not time warp whatever time stretch the 11 mana one with delve <laughs> and this this is this is it right and then like on top of that there's a bunch of new like ninjas like nashi so i'm just excited for that and you know opposition agent can definitely i don't know why i'm ninjutsuing it in but i could <laughs> because i can so i i love this card ah <sighs> I, I I mean, I like this card a lot, too. I like that it's a ninja commander that's powerful, that's also not Eureka, that's just going to hopefully get you instantly killed because everyone knows how, how busted it is. So this is still a powerful card, but it's not on that level where you're just going to become immediate arch enemy. 
Plus, I don't think he even got to play ninjas. As Kirby was saying, like, ninjas wing on in opposition, AJ. It's just a cool, like, value commander, like, looping mole drifters and ravenous yeah. chupacabras, things with enter the battlefield trigger. So I, I love this card quite a bit, too. It's not I'm, quite uh, Painter Monicon, but not far behind on the list of commanders hmm. I want to build. Wait, 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 wait. Well, well, this isn't a power level thing because <laughs> Pain Harmonicon, this this card is so much better than Wolfgar, right? Oh, yeah. Well, com- well yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. Competitively wise, but as far as what I want to build the most, this is probably like two or three commanders behind, uh, yeah, Ishin. This is, this is number one. And because the, the special promo art is the first thing I got to get, it's done <laughs> by the artist who did Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Oh, the set is so sick. It's a bio box. A bio box. Was it? Was it also the showcase? No. It, I don't know if there's a bio like if it's the bio box or. But I just know that there is a special art that is done by the Metal Gear yep. Solid artist. If I have to buy a box, it won't be a problem because I wanted to buy one anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the bio box promo. It's, oh it's, yes, yeah, wait. It's a bio box that you get a chance at getting. Right, because it's like, right? Because isn't there like multiple like special artworks? I don't know how you get them. I, well, anyways, <laughs> like yeah. Who knows? Who knows know. these days? There's too many artworks yeah. to keep track of. <laughs> What's in standard? What artwork is where? No, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, but this card seems like three mana kill yourself. Like it's a quicksilver amulet, and you can assure people you don't have like a blight steel, but nobody really knows. So they're gonna be really afraid, and you're probably gonna get some beats, right? Ooh, look, hmm. it's one Every of those things where you're like, I'm playing it fairly, and then no one believes you, and then if you are playing it fairly, you're gonna die. If you play unfairly, then you're a jerk, and then that's it. <laughs> it, then you know, like that's that's the line you gotta go down. But the thing is, you gotta go aggressive. You gotta throw it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am willing to like shoulder that weight because I love this card and I love ninjutsu. So I, I don't even know like do I make my rogue deck into ninja deck or do I, you know, split the difference? I oh my god, there's so many things. There's even that new lord, the four rogues and ninjas. They should just make they should errata this. Just make it so all rogues and ninjas can be in the same oh. deck and get benefit from each other. <laughs> No, it's I hope this card is good with only half of the text, either half. Either the, the free anticipate on ninjutsu or ninjutsu everything for like four mana. I think if just had one of these at three mana, two, four, it'd still be like pretty good. People would be pretty hype. So it's so funny you- that Ashi has both. Do you think this is going to be an arch enemy commander then? Like, I, I I was thinking, oh, this is way less scary than Eureka, so it's probably going to not get you killed. But maybe, like, the fear of the unknown thing kind of, like, morphs. How everyone always freaks out about morphs. Maybe everyone is going to just, like, expect the Blight Steel or something and, and it's kill a it on sight. Amulet, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> like- <laughs> it's, also, it's also not just Blight Steel that you can cheat out, right? Like, there's there's the Praetors, like, Jingataxius and stuff. But also there's, like, infinite combos with it. Where, like, if you ninjutsu in a uh, palancron and I think it was, like, a great whale or something like that, where these when these creatures enter the battlefield, you untap uh, the same amount of lands as their mana costs. So you can you can generate infinite mana constantly ninjutsuing. And once if you have something that has a leave the battlefield trigger, uh, there's a one mana artifact that, like, mills everybody whenever a permanent enters the battlefield. And there's, like, Vela of the Nightclad, which... Whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, you pink everybody. So there's like multiple things you can do with this. So I, I know there's like people who are building it as CDH, 
but there's also a lot of people who are building it as a fair a fair ninja deck that's not Eureka because Eureka can't be fair. Like it's it's in like you can't you you could build a ninja deck with Eureka and it still won't be fair because you'll just kill everybody very quickly. Um, it's kind of a bummer like, that the next step down is like pretty bad for ninjas. Like you got Eureka, you got yeah. this, which might be both arch enemy commanders, and then the other legends they gave us are either like monocolored, which is awkward for ninjas because you want to be blue black. The weird extirpate thing, which is just not designed for commander really, or the toad one that's like an enchantress commander. So you still don't really have like a, a fair quote unquote ninja commander. Like if this is also going to turn you into arch enemy, still a little tough to know what to play as your ninja commander. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact, I don't understand why they, they had to make every, like it works for non ninjas. Like why couldn't it just work for ninjas and that's it. And but just be more fear than Eureka. Uh, everything, everything being a ninja is kind of cool flavor though. I do. I do like the it flavor is, of it. But, yeah, but like then maybe maybe that should have been like Richard said. Like if that was that was the takeaway for this this commander, then that's it. But then you get you get another ninja legendary that's just only about ninjas. I would have preferred that. But like I mean, I think it's cool. If you say you're not running blight steel or infinite combos, I'll believe you. And then you're playing a fair ninja deck and die. That's fine. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like a 2020 enters the battlefield and yeah. smacks your face <laughs> you're like oh that wasn't a blight steel I it's just, a, it's just a, an ulamog don't worry about yeah. it yeah. <laughs> I didn't even get the cast triggers it's fair <laughs> very fair that's that's true that's true though I mean <laughs> but okay outside of like like the, the like when you think about it though there, like obviously there's the Eldrazi version but the fair version come on that <laughs> one's cool yeah, it, it's a cool commander. I like it. It is, yeah. And and if you have the sh- the buy box promo art, like I mean, you can't be. Oh, I mean, is, is this the Umazawa of the GT? How many Umazawas? I, so. I think a descendant. Is, is it, mm-hmm. A descendant. Yeah, a descendant. Yeah. I didn't read the story yet, but like, I don't think he's a descendant of Toshiro. Is this literally? Oh, he's guys? like, he's, like he's sure. of the same ancestry because we met one of the descendants on Dominaria. Because he got teleported to Dominaria at the end of the story. I don't know if he had kids before that, though. I think he's just part of the same ancestry line. But anyway, yeah, he is tied to him. Uh, moving on. Richard, what do you got for us as your top favorite? All right. Kodama of the West Tree. Two and a green. So three mana. Three, three. Legendary creature spirit at mythic. Reach. Modified creatures you control have trampled. So modified means things with equipment, auras, or counters on them. And when a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. So, like, a Toski, but for ramp. Broken. (laughs) Yeah. This is beyond ridiculous, because modified is not as hard as you think it is, because plus one, plus one counters count for modified. Uh, So, I think this card is absolutely bonkers. It's probably a mistake. Uh, mm. You want three mana, like ramp four or something? Like, here you go. <laughs> like, this is quite insane, actually. I think it's, you at least have to work for it a bit. I like Toski, which is like, you don't even need modifier creatures. Oh, and by the way, can't be countered. Oh, and by the way, indestructible, by the way. But I mean, ramp four is Toski. so much more powerful yeah. than draw four. Oh. Like the, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, this card's insane. This card's insane. Like, sure, obviously you're the plus one plus one counter deck, and you can live the dream of like ramping an insane amount. But 
I play things like Wood Elves. Wood Elves is like three mana tutor up a land, like playing this and just sticking a Greaves on it and hitting the person with no blockers and getting a land. Like that's reasonable value. Like even just that is reasonable value out of a commander deck. And this has like a million lines of text and upsides. Like it has the ceiling of like ramping you 10 lands or whatever, like some absurd thing. Like the card's so, <laughs> so bonkers. It's so bonkers. Wait, so. Seth, you play Wood Elves in 2022? That's so cringe. <laughs> you don't play Wood Elves anymore? It's so good. It, the no, man even like, comes in a play good. untapped. Like, oh. I feel like it's gone its way out. <laughs> like these cards. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm just saying, like, even if you get a land or two lands with this, can think about uh, uh, Kadama's Reach and Cultivate. It's, like, we're, we focus on, like, the dream scenario, which is obviously awesome when it happens. But even if you play this and hit a couple people and ramp a couple times, that's worth three mana. And it does way more than that, too. It gives your dousing dagger creature trample to go over. <laughs> of go course over it does. Finally, Richard can the get there. Can you imagine? You hit someone with a dousing dagger, you get the flipped land plus another land. That's four land. <laughs> oh. Isn't that yeah, insane? You, you literally you don't need to live the dream and like ramp out like fifty lands a turn. You just ramping out one land a turn is already pretty decent. We have everyone to... plays boots, right? Everyone has modified creatures because you play boots, right? You you're, you're in green. Yeah. You can. You can get a plus one plus one counter on your creatures just randomly without like any synergy with lands and stuff. So like it's it's crazy. I, I think it's good enough that you actually start playing like walking ballista and other nonsense just for the ability to trigger Kadama. Right? Like why not? The the real question is, does this make the one MDFC that I refuse to play playable? The one that just Wait, puts a one, single one plus counter? one plus one counter? Does, is this yeah. enough to make yes. the one unplayable MDFC good? That's a rampant growth all of a sudden. Wait, wait. I, I have a question, Seth. Is this a good enough payoff that you'll finally run basic lands in your deck? I might add in like one or a couple, basics, a couple, right? a couple more, maybe a couple more, a couple more. <laughs> I'm not going to go full on Tomer and just play like 20 of them, but this is a reason to play more basic lands. It definitely, full, it definitely full is. Tomer. Yeah. <laughs> one combat and your deck's out of basics. Even if you ran 10, yeah, but... <laughs> you're like Avenger of Zendikar. Oh, attack you. Oh, oh shoot. I only have four basic lands in my deck. This card is awful. And it gives your, you can't get MDFCs. And even discounting the ramp altogether, like this gives your, Voltron creatures trample, which is great. This gives your plus one plus one counter creatures that are huge trample. Like even discounting the ramp part, which is definitely the most explosive part. Like this is a really good card for a lot of decks. I feel like uh, so many decks can take advantage of this. It's this card is over the top. So you know my top, the top deck that I want to put this in. It's it's basically the same. Cal it's two commanders. Ooh, this but makes the same Caldra deck. good, Tomer. Caldra <laughs> now gets trample and ramps. Caldra already have trample. I'm pretty Caldra's sure. Caldra's already got double trample. <laughs> double trample. No, but it has equipment. Well, he does have trample. Yeah, but whatever. But anyway, this is a cool one. There's go wide tokens is a an archetype, and it's led usually by like Torrens, Fists of the Angels, because it makes it makes a bunch of uh, tokens whenever you're playing creatures. So it like basically doubles the amount of creatures you're going to have on the battlefield. And then they all have training. So as soon as you attack, they start putting plus one, plus one counters on themselves. So like imagine you like have Torrens, you have like five creatures with training. You attack with one big creature along with them. Boom, boom, boom. You ramp out five freaking basics. And it's like, that's not even like Christmas lane for Torrens. That's just what Torrens does. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this, this card's real good. <laughs> Okay. Run more retreat. 
like anything, right? Like the the one where yeah. landfall, you get plus one plus one counters. <laughs> like, Avenger oh my of Zendikar, yeah. Avenger of Zendikar with this, you just attack with all your plus one plus one counter tokens, and then oh. you you oh. ramp out five, and now all of they your all have trampled too, plus by plus the way, five. now because of Kodama. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so it's insane. Kind of easy to break this card, I think. Just you need basics. <laughs> I, I hate this card. <laughs> I, that's, I, that's, think, I think we all had it on our list except you Grim is it just because it's green or do you hate something more specific about it oh well I mean it just does everything that I hate about green so yes I, I, you know I, I hate it because not just because it's a green card but because it does everything that green <laughs> does really well but it amplifies that up a bit more so <laughs> um you it's know not like a may though Krim. you can opposition agent and basically ooh, mill them of all their uh, basics <laughs> yeah but you see oh. every every year every set that comes out opposition agent is a an ability and a card that is needed more and more and i like the, now this is just like too much pressure for my one lone opposition agent maybe now i do need to run tutors just so i yeah. can find it and if it's a Simic deck and they're just ready for your opposition agent, now they have all this extra mana, so they'll just channel Otorara or I don't know how to say the name. Otuwara Soaring City and just bounce opposition before you can even mm. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. See now the home. Oh, oh. <laughs> the green decks are sliding farther away in the power creep. <laughs> oh All will be Simic. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, my second pick for my personal favorite cards from the set. This one is a, an equipment that I've been waiting a long time to see. Uh, this is Line Sash. This is a two mana, one and a white, one one artifact creature equipment cat. So that's right. It's uh, it's a creature, but it's also an equipment. Um, so it starts off as a one one, and it has uh, an activated ability that says you pay one white. And you get to exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a permanent card, you may put a plus one plus one counter on Lion Sash. So this is essentially like a Scavenging Goose, um, where Scavenging Goose was two mana, uh, two two creature in green that had the same ability, pay one green. You can exile one card. And if it was a creature, you put a plus one plus one counter and you gain a life. This one is any permanent, you get a plus one plus one counter instead. You don't gain a life though. And uh, it has reconfigure which means you can pay two and attach this creature uh, this uh, creature to a creature you control. And uh, now it becomes an equipment and it gives, uh, it gives the equipped creature um, plus one plus one for each plus one plus one counter online sash and the activated ability. So it's like a scavenger goose that can reconfigure itself into an equipment in white. I love this card because I have an equipment deck and I've always wanted an equipment that is that doubles as graveyard hate. Because you can get you get uh extra equipment synergy, like you can equip this for free if you have pure steel paladin out, or you can flash it in with Sagarda's aid and equip it for free that way. Um and even without the equipment side, it's still a very good card. Like like it's just a scavenger goose is a good card still in commander and now white has it and probably i would say like a superior version of it because you get the counters more each easily onto it and you could like you can have it dodge wraths and whatever by equipping it to a creature so when the board gets wiped uh the lion sash remains afterwards so like i don't know this card this card's sick <laughs> i like it a lot i feel like uh, this is yeah. just 
auto include for equipment decks, right? Like if you have yeah. those energies, like Stoneforge, you include it. Plus, it is an equipment, so it's triggering your SRAM or whatever. Even if you just play it naturally as a creature, like so so good. I don't know if I just play it. Would you play it, Richard? You're the white weenie expert. What if you don't have equipment synergies? Like, does this stand alone without equipment synergies, or do you gotta have those synergies to, for it to be worth it? I was with you guys until they spoiled farewell. Now that we have farewell, I 100% do not need this. Like, why do I need graveyard hate? Like, I don't need it, right? So I have farewell, like, good enough. So I actually would not play this in equipment or non-equipment decks. Uh, what? Like, I don't play Scooze. Like, I don't play Scooze as just a random card, right? Like, I, I need to have the counter synergy to play Scooze. Uh, I don't care. Like, I just play a rest in peace if I really was worried about the graveyard. But clearly, I'm greedy and I don't. Uh, so, at Farewell will be the card that I lead heavily on for the one piece of graveyard interaction. Farewell in Bajuka Bog is uh, where I'm at here. Not even for being on theme in a, an equipment deck, you wouldn't run it? But, what? like, this doesn't do anything. Like, yes, I can, can draw a card off Pure Steel and but... stuff. I don't know. I got to sink mana to grow my thing. Like, I'd rather just play Colossus Hammer or something, right? Like, but you could, uh, it's Steel nice. Axe. It's <laughs> nice to have a, it up. it's nice to have a mana sink. If you don't have anything going on, like worst case with four graveyards, you can probably grow this pretty big, especially since it hits on any permanent, not just creatures. Like, eat some fetch lands, <laughs> make a big thing. It's okay. I'm not especially excited. It also dies to a wrath. You have to actually. Well, it can it. dodge wrath, so if it's equipped to stuff. Yeah. So. But we have farewell. Like everything's going, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That, I guess <laughs> like that's the true. sash, the creatures, the great. Everything's going anyway. So like, does it yeah, really but how matter? How do you tutor up farewell when you need it? The, the best part is it triggers really Kadama. Okay, it triggers Kadama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it works really well with Cartographer's Hawk too, because now that you can grow the Cartographer's Hawk, so it can't get chump blocked as easily. <laughs> It's a little one one body. Bounce itself off the sash, you get exposed to a wrath. <laughs> the synergy. All right, moving on. We got uh Seth. Ooh. What's your, your final card that you're hyped for? Oh my final well, honestly, there's a lot of cards in the set yeah. that I'm hyped for, but we couldn't get them on the list. The last one that actually made it onto the list is a Spirit Sisters Call, a Orzov mythic enchantment that says at the beginning of your end step. You can choose a permanent card in your graveyard, and then you can sack a permanent that shares a card type with a chosen card. If you do, you basically swap them. You get the one from the graveyard, the other one goes into the graveyard. The one that comes into play gets an ability where if it would leave the battlefield, it goes to exile instead of going anyplace else. Basically, a homage to Recurring Nightmare uh, that hits any permanent repeatable reanimation, and I love... I just love value. I love slow value decks. And this to me is just a really cool value card. You can do some crazy things with it. The sense it can hit any permanent. This is sack some random cheap rune, get back omniscience, sack a treasure token. Like this is goblin welder or trash for treasure, but also recurring nightmare. Like all of those things put together in one. So I think it's just like a really cool value card. Of course, it's weak to graveyard hate. It's really slow. This is, I think if you're trying to get back some big things and win the game. This card's not very good. Where this shines is in your Panharmonicon deck, where you're looking to get back Moldrifters every single turn and looping through them for value. Like, that's where this card's really gonna shine. Also, there's some tricks here. Um, Because it exiles the permanent, 
that you reanimate when it leaves the battlefield, you can kind of get around that with blink effects. There's a trick with Obzidat. I don't know if you've ever seen this, where you can reanimate it with Gorio's Vengeance and keep it because it exiles itself. So you get around Gorio's Vengeance exile ability. You can kind of do the same thing with this. So if you have like teleportation circle or something that also exiles, you can reanimate something, blink it to the teleportation circle. It's still going to exile. So you get around it and then it's a real permanent. So you can keep looping the same two things over and over again if you want to, if you had one more piece to the puzzle. so. I just think it's a really cool value card for grindy style decks, and I I'm excited to give it a try. I, I, just, I was just thinking of what Richard would say about this card. He's like, it's trash. and dies through farewell. <laughs> That's every card. <laughs> every card. Well, Unplayable trash. <laughs> technically doesn't die. It gets exiled to farewell, so it never dies. <laughs> this is like the commander dies to Dooblade. It's like it gets exiled by farewell. It's garbage. It's also That's nice to be pretty good. And it triggers it, on your end step. Like, so you get did, one right yeah, away. Yeah, it's really good. Wait, what does Dead Bridge chant do? Does that bring it back to the battlefield, but it's random? That one's not good. That one is, yeah, that that one is not good anymore. Man, that 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 was actually that card was like kind of good in Commander for a minute, but yeah, not anymore. If it hits a this creature, it does come back, right? But it's you don't control it. It's just random. Yeah, it's random. Yeah, yeah, it's random, and it's a creature. You don't have to sacrifice anything, but yeah, it's very inconsistent. I, I like this one a lot. I also like the, the the synergy with Teleportation Circle. I never thought about that, Seth. In yeah. Teleportation Circle's in white, so it makes sense. Or Ephemerid kind of, or Brago. Kind of reminds me of, like, like yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of also reminds me of, like, Gen. Like, I would put oh. this in a Gen deck mm -hmm. because Gen's all about, like, you know, sacrificing enchantments and getting back an enchantment. So this is kind of like a backup Gen type effect. And I really like that it triggers on your end step. So you don't have to wait until your next upkeep. You don't have to wait an entire turn cycle for it to come back to get some value out of it. You're gonna get it on your on the same turn, which I like. And I think the art is like also super sweet. Uh, I like the art a lot. Yeah, the art, the art is definitely cool. When you consider that like Obsidat's aids five mana to just reanimate a permanent, and this is that, but you can do it every single turn. Sure, you get to sack something, but I assume you're going to build around it in a way that that could even be an upside to be sacking stuff. Like, it's filling your graveyard with stuff to reanimate the next turn and maybe reuse a CTB or whatever. The card just seems very, very good at what it does. And super fun to play. It's just so fun. Voidwalker's stock just went up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. a little Everybody worried. You have to roll your farewell. Farewell does this. kind of blow it out. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair, fair I mean, sorcery speed, right? You get at least one reanimation off of it. Yeah, so, like, it's, not, oh, it's, not, oh, it's not the end, right? It's not as bad as having a rest in peace on the battlefield. That's or turn one plate or void or something, right? Like that, that will like actually blow you out. <laughs> I, regardless yeah. of farewell and all of its, uh, you know, like talk around right now, I, I still think Spirit Sister is like such a powerful card. It's five mana. Good. It's good in, it's, good so in spirit it's, sisters. We found good it. Good spirit sisters. <laughs> yes. yes. Good soul sisters. Here we go. <laughs> it's got it's got so, like sisters in the name. It's got to go in that deck. No, like le legit though. Like I I think this card's amazing. So still. All right, sweet Krim. What do you got as your second card that you're excited for? Um, something that doesn't get around farewell either. Um, <laughs> it's it's mirror box. So Mirror Box is a super duper cool artifact. If you're a fan of already Mirror Gallery, you know, Sakashima of a Thousand Faces. Well, now uh, you do have a, a another card to add to those kind of decks. Uh, it's a three mana artifact. The legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. Each legendary creature you control gets plus one, plus one 
Each non-token creature you control gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control with the same name as that creature. So, you've got some Anthem effects tied to this now. Uh, this is going specifically, I, I already know what deck I'm going to throw this in. Uh, there's a commander product with a dog commander, and I'm going, so I'm making a blue-white... <laughs> Sakashima Doggo deck, and I'm going to be cloning that. I'm going to get. Oh, this card is going to go right in there. This this is perfect, right? Like for clone decks and stuff like that. And I I have one, uh, and this this card is exactly what we need more of, right? Because oftentimes you're afraid of just having. Oh, my Sakashima or my Mirror Gallery gets blown up, and then all my stuff goes away, right? Because the Legend Rule applies again. So the more of these that that just keep coming out, the better. And uh, it, why not throw some Anthem effects on it? And it's also cheaper. It's three mana. So this card is going to be pretty popular. Considering that Mirror Gallery is like, what, like a $30 card or something right now? So this is going to be great. Mirror Gallery should not be a $30 mm. card. Is it, is it strange <laughs> that I see this card and I snap, think of Seven Dwarves? And mm -hmm. like Shadowborn Apostles, yeah. right? Like this is like, oh, <laughs> this is perfect. It's like a coat of arms, but like way cheaper. Yeah, it's, it's a right? so, card. It's a lower I, cost uh, coat of arms for I, seven I'm dwarves. I'm all down Bible. for seven dwarves mirror box. Like what legendary? He's like what? Who cares? Shadowboard apostle. And it's good only for your deck. stuff. Rats. So you don't you don't have to worry about your opponents all of a sudden killing you if you if you like anthem your whole team because coat of arms. Yeah. yeah. So this is what I am. This is one of my favorite cards from the thing as well, and this is why I'm super stoked for it. Is uh. It works really well with Cauldra. Now, hear me out. <laughs> Wait, what? Does it? <laughs> hear me out. So, Cauldra, when you assemble all three Cauldra pieces, you can pay, I think it's like one white, it's one white mana to summon the legendary Cauldra avatar. And it's a legendary avatar. That's the important thing. <laughs> um, so, the, the power of Cauldra is so great that only one token can be on the battlefield at any given time, or else the universe would collapse under its awesome weight. But Mirror Box allows you to get around the legendary rule. So now for this, the, the low cost of one mana, you can make an army of Cauldra tokens. Every one mana you spend, you produce another Cauldra token. They're just vanilla 4-4s, so, right? Like the, the Cauldra yes. without the equipment? Okay. Exactly. Uh, pretty good rate. For one, one mana, 4-4. You make a one. You make a four four token, and it's the speed. How do you that lose? Is, that is that is hilarious. Although it's also hilarious that now we're up to four four Calder pieces necessary to do. Pretty soon you're just gonna need like twelve different pieces to do a cool Calder thing. It's because it's because the Calder equipment itself is not powerful enough to close the game. You need your oh. box to make an army of Calder tokens. Look, now you can clone Mech Titan, and then you could you could make an army of of culture token pilots for your vehicles this is insane <laughs> i mean it is it is actually like uh, i know we're kind of memeing about about culture a little bit but it is really interesting with things that make uh legendary tokens there's a lot of there's well i don't know if i'd say a lot but there's several commanders like a tulsimer wolf blooded that taps to make a legendary token uh, really really powerful just tap to make a four force kind of absurd but you only have one of them that kind of ruins it so it's really cute that this works really well with those commanders and that's what i love about this card is like it just does so many little things. It's there for the Persistent Petitioner's decks. It's there for Cauldra shenanigans. It's there for Crim's clone decks. Like, it doesn't break any one specific thing, but there's so many, like, little tiny synergies that make this card really, really interesting. Yeah. All right. The final card on our list. Richard, take it away. 
Oh, I'm closing out the list. Now, I know we oh, said yeah. we weren't doing a power ranking, but uh, I'm going to put the most powerful card <laughs> in the set here. And that would be Spirited Companion. Now, if you're looking on the spoiler site, you have to go to the common section. It's a common. <laughs> Two mana, power one in a white. in 2022. <laughs> 1-1, one, one. Enchantment Creature Dog. When Spirited Companion enters a battlefield, draw a card. So basically, a white 2-mana 1-1 one, one that cycles itself. And this is exactly what white needs. Now, you may look at it, you're like, that's ridiculous, Richard. But let me, I mean, let me paint your yep. picture here. White has <laughs> so many blink shenanigans, right? And people have to play things like uh, whatever the wall is, the 0-4 wall that, that can't attack. Right? Yeah. So you can ephemerate, you can Restoration Angel, you can do the other angel that saves all your creatures, you can Sun Titan. Uh, this triggers uh, all your card draw, Mentor of the Meek, uh, Welcoming Vampire. It clamps itself to Skull Clamp. You can Savine's Reclamation this thing back. Uh, it is just so much value as a blink target, and it holds a Dousing Dagger. Mm -hmm. uh, it is actually like a really good card, and why white is so strong. Like people meme on white because they're not using cards like this to blink to draw more cards, right? To so return back with Ameria or Sun Titan or whatever to whatever, right? Like a two mana one one that, that does this is actually insane because white doesn't have this currently. Uh, the only similar things are like uh, Baleful Strix, you know, not in white. Uh, you've seen me play Sky Scanner, which is three <laughs> mana. Uh, there's a three no. mana two one that draws a card in white. <laughs> Uh, but that's three mana. This is two mana. It's like so good. I agree. And, agree. and it's this best dog. It's a dog. Yeah, look at this I, will, I, will, I will say, like, yes, Richard, this card is good because it is a dog. Yeah, that is an adorable yeah. Shiba. And I will 100% get down with that. And on top of that, people play Elvish Visionary. So, yes. like, like, why not play this? So, yeah, okay, I don't know if this is going to, like, end the game or anything like that, but this is definitely something that can give you card draw and kind of, like, give you an engine or, like, something that you can blink and, like, kind of accrue value from. So, uh, I, I do Remember like Remember when Seth had to use a spike field hazard to answer the sky scanner? <laughs> you remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's how no. powerful this card is. <laughs> now, I feel vindicated for playing spike field hazard now. It's going up in value <laughs> set by set in Commander. But this card I need is to counter like... it with the, the green plus one plus one counter one. Oh, and <laughs> it's MD, modified. MD, MDFC Wars. I mean, this card is legitimately good. And it's even an enchantment creature. So if you have a Sethis or some sort of enchantress deck, this is like even even better in those style decks where you're getting like draw two and supporting all your synergies. So best best dog. I think it's the best dog ever in Magic. Most powerful dog they've ever printed. And I'm not even like, uh, I'm not even being hyperbolic. There's a legendary dog. Yoshimaru? Yeah. Oh, Yoshimaru is not very good. What? Next week on Commander Class, dog tier list. <laughs> next <laughs> podcast, rank them. Yeah. Did you ever hear about one. the white ancestral recall of Yoshimaru? Wait. So really? it has partner, you see. Mm. <laughs> um, and and so that means you can have more than one uh, commander at any given time. So it costs one white. Mm-hmm. And you partner it with another commander that can draw you some cards, you see. It's Tevish Svat. Oh, and Tevish Svat says, wow. uh, you Tomer. can sacrifice a creature and draw two cards sack in the its dog? commander. Oh. No, I'm not. We're going to be getting hate mail it. from this, uh, from this <laughs> no, plan. Yeah. I just heard. I heard <laughs> Change your phone that number. you could do this. 
and then you eat for one white man as you ancestral recall. I wouldn't do that though. That that would be awful. And I also didn't want to be canceled on the podcast. <laughs> the funny thing is, you do it with with Rogek or whatever, like for zero mana. So yeah. you don't even really gotta gotta beat up the dog. You're better off just beating up the kobold <laughs> if you got a choice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rogek is not. <laughs> Nobody said it's hypotheticals. <laughs> Nobody said anything. Like, oh yeah, sack the kobold. That's fine. Whatever. Comment section. <laughs> don't be mad. I'm just pointing it out because people mentioned it to me. Comment section. Should we refire Tomer based on his dog sacking <laughs> opinions? <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. I mean, the card's uh, good I think though. Yeah, I think I think this card's all right. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit meme That it, it's just it's just. Did you not slap in all white like decks? No. Here <laughs> it's a good card. I I think yeah, I, I, put I it pretty much would. It's fine. I mean, but it's pretty low impact by itself. Like I don't want to like yeah. It gets better with blink effect. So I put it in a deck. I would put it specifically in decks that can mass blink your board. So if you have a bunch of these type of effects, you draw like three or four or something like that, and that's legitimate. But like just by itself it's just like a it's it's a one one it's utility is that it can't trip itself and it can hold like a sword and if you blink it it will get a little bit better but not if you just target blink it that's kind of that's kind of sketch but if you mass blink everything it's okay like I mean, you would have learned after watching good. me play an entire season of Commander Clash of Skyscanner. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most powerful magic card of all time. You don't get attacked. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. A you get to bring it back. It's a dog. Is it, is it, is it's is man's it stronger best or weaker than Cartographer's Hawk, Richard? Stronger. Stronger. Definitely stronger. Definitely okay. stronger. I, I think you actually, because I think all white decks are blink decks. Like, you, you can always get value in white with blink. Well, that's uh, sacks. Huh? Stacks. Stacks? Stacks. You said all white decks are blink decks. No, 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 no. But like they, all, they all decks can take advantage of the this blinking ability, right? Like it is, mm. You don't have to build a deck around blinking, is what I'm saying. You don't have to build Brago or something. You can just put it in an arbitrary white deck, and it cycles and is a body and is a recursion target. Like you play Savine's Reclamation, right? This allows you to just draw a card with Savine's Reclamation, right? If you need, right? That's what I want to do with Savine's Reclamation, though. It's I mean, you're, I want to get a land or a better permanence. I mean, you're also card. I think you're also oh. like kind of overlooking that Wall of Omens is like sort of a white staple, and like this is. is it? I mean, it's listed yeah. in the top like twenty-five creatures or something on EDH Rack and White. Like, it's it's one of their most played creatures. But it's a travesty. You can't hold a dousing dagger. That's what I was gonna say. Like in White in specific, you care about equipment so much. Like this is probably just better Wall of Omens. And Wall of Omens already good. So I think Richard has me sold on this one. Actually, being good. I, I mean, I I agree that it's decent in, in mass blink decks, but I don't think <laughs> most. White. I wouldn't even say most white decks are. All right, I'll build a Voltron deck mm, with this so I could kill Tomer with it. <laughs> we'll put some cauldron right. pieces on it. <laughs> well, if you kill me with cauldron pieces, then then it's the cauldron that actually did all the work, Richard. What if you I know, assemble you know cauldron and then it. exile them all to to the Voltron card? <laughs> That's their own. That would actually make them more useful than they currently are. So sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would protect them from the farewell. So big brain oh, plays. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you that, that, oh, that's farewell. actually pretty clever. <laughs> no, but you have to turn them into creatures first because yeah. you can only you can only exile them with creatures or vehicles. Oh, it's just creatures or vehicles, not artifacts. Uh, so you have to turn equipment. cauldron pieces into creatures first with like Karn or something, and then 
for those layers of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, flat veiled. All right. Uh, okay, so that work. was that was our list. Our top ten. 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 Yes. It, yes, we are top ten because we want to get that internet-friendly <laughs> title on on the video slash podcast. Boom, nailed it. Um, so as we're ending things, what do you all think about the set overall compared to other previous sets? How good is it or how bad is it for Commander? I feel like this question has lost all of its value to me because every set is so good in Commander now. Like when we used to ask this five years ago, sometimes we'd actually say, oh, this set's not good for Commander. But now every set has so many good Commander cards. I think this is another great Commander set and... Uh, I don't know, in some ways, maybe better than average because it has a lot of things that people have been wanting for a long time. Shrine commanders and return to ninjas and some really popular stuff that we haven't seen in, in 20 years. So I would say at least average and maybe above average because of the, the nostalgia factor and meeting some of these expectations that people have been waiting for for a really long time. Yeah, uh, this this has just been a plane that we wanted to go back to right for a very long time. Uh, and the plane, the last time we were there, wasn't actually all that great uh, card-wise outside of a few things. Um, like, yeah, like, th this is definitely actually, uh, like, surpassed my expectations for the set between the different. They really went hard with the cool-looking alternate artworks. They pulled different, like, cause, like, Commander, I think there's lots of things in Magic, like, that are on display there. You have people who just love the artwork, right? So they nail that on this front. People that love, like, some sweet card design, that's here. Uh, and then there's, of course, there's just fun cards, fun build-arounds, like Mech Titan, right? So, like, I think they hit a bit of every checkbox along the way for this set for Commander. Uh, art, fun, uh, build-arounds, just whatever it is you want. There's something here for you in this set. So um, is this, like, the best, like, set ever to exist in Commander? Probably not, but this is one of the coolest planes and a really well-done set. All around, this is an, uh, this was awesome. And I'm kind of sad it's only one set. I, this is the one where I wish we were here for, like, a whole block. I actually challenge Krim's point that this is probably the greatest commander set ever. <laughs> you you could have called this Commander Legends and no one would have noticed. Like, is there even a standard set in here? All I see are like six plus mana weird synergistic things. So to me, this is Commander Legends. Like all these cards work really well in Commander. They've given us uh, arguably a ton of staples for Commander uh, and a lot of cool build around me legendaries. So this looks like Commander Legends to me. <laughs> It could be. It very well could be. It's it's funny. Like that was a meme a couple of years ago, but now it's just like standard decks, standard sets are commander for first. You know, like you got to filter the cards of, for the standard playable yeah. cards now, right? As opposed to yeah. five years ago where we filtered the standard cards for commander cards, right? Yeah, and these set boosters have commander specific cards as well and stuff. Like it's not it's not like standard set boosters. It's commander set boosters essentially. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I, I found interesting about this set, not just the cards themselves. I like I like a lot of the cards. Uh, I think they did a really good job uh, making certain things really interesting. Like vehicles, vehicles were uh, underdeveloped archetype. Like we got them in, in Kaladesh and we got little pieces of them in like Ixalan and whatnot. But this was a set that like really, really gave us a lot of options. We got a bunch of new commanders, two color commanders that all are white overlapping uh, as options for your vehicles. Um, so I really like that. And 
the thing that, that kind of kind of is interesting is when I when I first heard about Neon Kamigawa, I I was like cyberpunk in magic, mechs in magic. What is going on? This is this is nonsense. I I want my my medieval fantasy, and now that it came out, I'm like, you know what? I like it. I like it a lot. And that that like leads to me because you know they mentioned they they called like last year or two years ago they said Warhammer is coming right and everybody was like once Warhammer shows up there will be a massive divide in the community well guess what Neon Dynasty Kamigawa came out mechs everywhere cyberpunk everywhere the leap from here to Warhammer is not very big so you know what bring your bring your Warhammer fifty k gunships you know it's time let's just do it or you already sold me on mechs (laughs) omen keel just looks better and better right so if we go to warhammer omen keel just continues to get better why not yeah yeah (laughs) all right so that's our show everybody i hope you enjoyed our take on our favorite cards again not a power level scaling it's just what we're hyped for what we want to be playing and we want to hear from you all Uh, What cards are you super excited to uh, pick up and try out from the latest set? Let us know. You can reach us out, uh, reach to us, either if you're watching this on YouTube, you can leave a comment in the comment section, or if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening to this, uh, you can just send us us a tweet at Twitter, uh, hashtag ClashMail, and you can reach reach to us uh, that way as well. And if you want to support the show, you can do two things. First of all, you can like and subscribe on the YouTube channel if you're listening to it on YouTube, but you can also... Uh, you know, support us financially by going to the mtggoldfishmerch.com store and pick up all those lovely playmats stapled on Richard's wall, uh, deck, uh, deck boxes, tokens, sleeves, all that and more at mtggoldfishmerch.com. And that's our show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. And until next time, friends, see ya.